Good morning, everybody. You're tuning into the news at Morning Mixtape. It is Wednesday, April 12th, and I'm your host, Sonnet Hines, reporting for CJRU, 1280 AM in Toronto. For our first story of the day, teachers are unsure if they should bring ChatGPT into schools. Then, cage diving with great white sharks is coming to Nova Scotia. After, hatred is being hurled at the Raptors, and it's showing the negative side of fandom and sport betting. So with all this news, let's get started. Teachers are stuck on whether or not to bring ChatGPT into schools. One math teacher said students should know when, where, and how to use the technologies. When Jamie Mitchell, a high school teacher, asked students about the platform, he was not shocked when most of them knew about the artificial intelligence tool. Most of the apprehension about students using ChatGPT to help with their assignments has been on the post-secondary level. The AI is accessible, able to provide people with human-like responses, according to CBC News. Mitchell did early research on the tool and shared his findings to colleagues. He believes there can be many doubts raised with educational tech tools. He sees that ChatGPT is interesting, but there are limitations to what it can do, which he told his students. He said if he found out a student used the AI, passing it as their own work, a conversation would have to take place. He would note when the AI can be used, reviewing the appropriate uses for the bot. Mindy Binham decided to investigate the AI after finding her granddaughter testing out the platform. Once it gets out into the world for these young children, once they realize the power of it, it's going to reduce their motivation to learn, she said. Where is the motivation to learn when you know a machine can do it for you, she continued. Bingham is worried that students who do not have foundational knowledge won't develop those skills due to the AI. She said the digital tools should provide additional support with assignments over having the full assignment be done for you. She believes the tool has value for adults, but is asking people to look into it more when it comes to allowing it in classrooms. Cage diving with great white sharks in Nova Scotia is causing some residents to be concerned for surfers and beachgoers. This comes after a new business that gives tourists the opportunity to dive with great white white sharks has emerged. It mixes research and enjoying being up close to the sharks. Trips will run daily by Atlantic Shark Expedition in Brooklyn, Nova Scotia from the beginning of August to the end of October. Participants will pay $395 to go on day trips, and they can decide to view sharks from the boat or from the cage. The person behind the business is Neil Hamberschlag, a marine biologist with 25 years' experience of studying sharks. Great white sharks are known for being in the water near Nova Scotia. To add on while tourists do the trips... The company will conduct research on how these sharks are influenced by humans and climate change. Some people do not feel comfortable 
with the idea. Walter Flower shares his opinion on the matter as a surfer for more than 30 years, and he owns his own surf shop. Having sharks associate food with human presence, you know, you get the vibrations of the boat and the splashing around of people in the water. I don't think it's a good thing, he says. Flower's brother, Bill Flower, agrees with his points as a commercial fisherman with a background in marine biology. Hammerschlag said beachgoers and surfers should not be worried. There are very few surfers that are going to the three miles off of land. You won't find any surf break out there, he says. Hatred is now being thrown at the raptors, showing the ugly side of sports betting. For the first year of sports betting, the province received $1.4 billion in total gaming revenue, according to CBC News. With sports betting being legalized in Ontario, two members from the Toronto Raptors basketball team are speaking out. Player Chris Boucher said social media can have an impact on professional athletes. Fred Van Fleet also jumped in on the issue of fan abuse. You can't fathom dealing with this on a daily basis, he said. You can't fathom a I hope your mom dies DM every day. According to a survey by the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario, AGCO, around 85% of respondents gambled online in the past three months. A public expert, a public policy expert named Bruce Kidd was shocked when he heard about Butcher's story. I'm at a loss for words about how upsetting that it that is. It is demeans it so demeans the value of sport that sport is only for people to be making money out of bets. Basketball was the most popular sport to bet on that was then followed by soccer, football, hockey, then baseball. Bruce Kidd said, But surely we can eliminate the advertising for sports betting. Surely we can eliminate the message upon children and youth that sport is mostly about betting. That is all with Top Stories. Here's Krishika. Hello everyone, my name is Krishika Jathani and I'm going to be your segment host for today. Today I have some interesting news regarding a research project for a new sensor that can determine whether you have COVID-19 or the flu. Almost three years since the COVID-19 pandemic hit us, it is still very important to continue with all measurements and respect the needs of others. Moreover, it is important to remember that you are still able to catch the virus and take the necessary actions when feeling sick is still a priority. Originally, when you have a cough, sore throat, or congestion, it can normally mean you have some sort of respiratory virus. According to the Good News Network, researchers want to change the conventional tests and rely on chemical reactions to electrical changes sensed by nanomaterials. Researchers have been reported using a single atom thick nanomaterial that has allowed them to build a device that can simultaneously detect whether you have COVID-19 or the flu. According to the Good News Network, Dimitri Kareev, a PhD researcher in the group, said the sensor was built using graphene, 
a single layer of carbon atoms that were then arranged in a hexagonal pattern. Due to how it is so thin, it can sense any electrical changes in the environment. Additionally, researchers had to link antibodies from the virus that caused COVID-19 and the flu virus to graphene. Furthermore, when an infected person is using the sensor, the antibodies will be able to make a change in the electrical current. They used proteins from these viruses that were delivered in fluid to create the sensor. According to the Good News Network, Deji Akinwandi, a PhD from the University of Texas at Austin, presented the work at an American Chemical Society meeting and said the following. Akinwandi said, When both of these viruses are circulating together, as they did earlier this winter, it would be immensely useful to have a sensor that can simultaneously detect whether you have COVID, flu, none of the above, or both. Akinwandi, in a press release, also explained how the sensor can detect small quantities of anything from bacteria or viruses in gas or in blood. They are also trying to develop this new device into testing for other infections. The sensor can return results within 10 seconds in comparison to conventional tests that take longer based on the one you are using. According to the Good News Network, Akinwandi and his group of researchers are still working on the sensor to make sure it works effectively. There is still no timeline for when these sensors might become available to airports and healthcare providers. What do you think about this sensor? Do you think it'll be as accurate as conventional tests? For CGRU 1280 AM, I am Krishika Jathani. Let's hand it back to the host. It is time to wrap up today's newscast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I will be back next Wednesday with some more news at Morning Mixtape. But until then, tune in tomorrow. It's CJRU 12:80 a.m. in Toronto. I'm Sonnet Hines. Thanks for listening.